0: or go to FailYourWay.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways. And not just on Saturday. Well, hi guys. Anna David here with a unusual and special treat for you oh by the way i'm anna david i host after party pod which goes up every thursday night and usually tends to feature a sober alcoholic or addict i do use the words alcoholic and addict interchangeably interchangeably i've actually lost the ability to speak today which is weird uh yeah i could always look if you're interested i can clarify why i use the words alcoholic and uh addict interchangeably that's not what i'm talking to you about today today i'm talking to you about ben mandelker m-a-n like man d-e-l-k-e-r otherwise known as b-side that is his nom de plum on his Uh, blog which is b-side blog he is one of the funnier people I know Uh, and we met because we used to be on a television show together but today he and I talked about a very serious topic which was how he was in the closet for 30 years if it starts at zero uh yeah and he came out uh at the age of 30 and after sort of harboring this secret about being gay for that three decades and i thought that that would be an interesting guest because you know as you know i sort of will veer from the topic of sober and addiction and struggling with that um we've done depression we've done agoraphobia we've done getting out of a toxic relationship and so why not This, So I I hope you enjoy this. I'm not going to spill any secrets, although I will say, even though I admit it embarrassingly in the interview, that I had no idea he was gay when we were friends before that and thought he had a crush on me. So there you go. Uh, Narcissism takes all sorts of different forms. So I hope you enjoy this. I know you will enjoy Ben. And yeah, leave a comment star us five stars by the way on itunes we'd love it so much and when i say we i mean i it's not the queen's we or what. i don't have a split personality i just mean i okay good thank you here's ben mandelker
1: i first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash oh
2: my god i think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as I call it, the Autobahn to
0: nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? Okay. That, that it's, like, recording, and that's how casual we are. I like to ease the person ease into, into the it. into
2: podcast. I
0: know that you do, like, a fun little intro. I do.
2: Yeah. I do. I have a whole theme song, and uh, a little, I have a whole sort of way I open up the podcast, but...
0: Well, see, I have a theme song, too, but oh. then I record the intro post the production oh, of interviewing at the you. guests. Yeah. you.
2: See, I, I have, like, a whole thing where yeah. I'm, like... I sort of say my name. I say the podcast. I say where I'm from. I yeah. plug all my things. Yeah. It sounds like very 1950s radio show sometimes. Right, right, right. But
0: that's I think what people do.
2: Yeah, but I don't do it. That's the only thing. That's the only way I subscribe to like the standards of podcasting. And okay, good, everything good else is a free for all. Yeah, yeah a disaster almost. No.
0: <laughs> so, um, you know, as you know, we have known each other for years. How long? Have I know. You been? I think
2: since 2006. Wow, which is about eight years. What? Whoa! What we've seen two presidents. Oh my We could have gone to college twice.
0: God. Oh God! Please don't be depressing. We could have gone
2: to college and gotten a master's, <laughs> two masters maybe. Well,
0: luckily we have <laughs> college degrees, so Thankfully. that part is. So
2: we could have actually gone to med school and done our residency at this point.
0: Oh my God! Thank God we didn't make that choice, Ugh, right?
2: I feel so bad for our theoretical patients. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Speaking of people dying, um, so okay, so you know you are, I would say, a profoundly well-adjusted person, like arguably the most well-adjusted person who has been on this podcast, Whoa. and yet, and yet you harbored a secret.
2: I had a, I had a, I had a big secret in my life, a big yeah. massive secret.
0: So so I want to talk about that. Okay. So okay, so when we met, we met because we were both talking heads. Yes on a television show.
2: Fox Reality Channel. Yes. Dearly Departed.
0: Dearly Departed. Yeah. Um. Where we went in and we talked about reality shows. Mm-hmm. And we got paid to do it.
2: It was, it was the best gig in show business.
0: Yeah, literally. Like, so what that nobody watched it. It was the best job in, in Hollywood.
2: Exactly. It was like $500 a pop. Yeah. It put us into us so and now we actually have SAG cards as a result of this.
0: Well, SAG and After are different, right?
2: No, they merged. We are SAG. We are card Carrying members of the SAG. By the way, mafia now. I
0: let my dues go. Am I still?
2: Oh no! Well, <laughs> sorry, Anna. Anyway, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm gonna go hang on my SAG friends now. <laughs> with my actors. Just
0: SAG insurance?
2: No, because I don't do any work for. SAG. Right, right, right. That's I just, the thing. I just pay money at it, and I'm I'm hoping that it will lead to something cool someday.
0: I had no idea. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I'm SAG and Writers Guild. I'm all unioned up.
0: Oh my God, you're so impressive. Yeah. So, okay, so I didn't even know any of that. It was even better in retrospect than I realized, and it was good in retrospect.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was my secret.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) That was the secret I was harboring. (laughs) I'm a secret actor. Yeah. And you were keeping a secret from me, so I couldn't be in SAG. Yeah.
2: Interesting.
0: (laughs) So... And I've actually acted in a movie. I'll you oh know.
2: my goodness! Look at the ironies in this podcast. Look already. at it already <laughs> unfolding.
0: So okay, so we did that, and um, we did that with Kennedy. Yes. Um,
2: MTV VJ, former.
0: And now I think on Fox News, which Fox is where News. she always belonged. Absolutely,
2: right? and she has a, a radio show. Yes. Seven.
0: Lovely, lovely woman.
2: Very sharp. Very
0: smart. Very cool. So then, so we did that. We became friends, and to see, and I was like, oh yeah, Ben, like probably has a crush on me, is what I thought. (laughs) Completely. I was just like... I don't mean
2: to laugh at you on that. No, 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 but but
0: it just, like, it never crossed my mind that you were not oriented Towards you. Yeah, towards me. (laughs) Towards me. And, no, but I mean, I I, I didn't, like, think about it every time we interacted, but I was just like, well, we became friends. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you become friends with a straight guy and you're hanging out all the time, that can come up. Yeah. And so... And so, you know, we became friends uh-huh. and we started, uh, we would go to the pool at the Standard. And we line would.
2: Up. And, uh, uh, and I would, by the way, side note, I would like to resurrect that hobby. Um, I know, but I
0: don't, I, all I do is work now and I don't live anywhere near there anymore.
2: Well, we can work at the pool.
0: That's true. That's Very true.
2: Very LA. But anyway, go on. Yes.
0: Um, and so, and we did other stuff together.
2: Yeah, we would, like, watch TV together sometimes. Oh, or, yeah, Like, yeah, we yeah. would get, like, sometimes we would get, like, dinner with, like, Joe Adalian. We
0: did. We did. We'd do and other things. That, that woman, Erin. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, and you um, had done something at a, a young age that was super impressive, which is you had started a website and already sold it by the time I yeah. met you. Wait,
2: what's today's date?
0: May something, but it's not relevant for a oh, podcast not. The audience. reason why I
2: mentioned that, I know you keep podcasts more evergreen. But on May 14th, 2014 mm-hmm. will be the 10-year anniversary of the founding wow. of that blog, the TV right. blog, com.
0: And I feel like you were the first one to kind of take GASM and make Oh, that yeah. Show. Like, everyone
2: always adds GASM onto things. Like, TV GASM, we were the ones who started it. Anytime you hear the GASM slang, yeah. that's us.
0: They should pay you a penny.
2: They should. I would like that.
0: Or $100. Yeah. And so you started that. Were you in college when you started that?
2: You are so sweet. Yeah, I
0: figured, <laughs>
2: um, No, too. I was uh, 25,
1: mm-hmm. started that with
2: my roommate at the time, mm-hmm. and um, at that time, he was a techie, he wanted to learn more about blog, he wanted to explore the blogging side of mm-hmm. techie stuff, mm-hmm. and I, as a writer, wanted to write about TV, and we thought we were so funny, the way we would watch TV and make jokes. And it
0: turns out you were.
2: Thank thank you very much. Yes. So um, we started this little TV blog called TVgasm.com, and uh, it kind of just took off.
0: Yeah. And then Buna Murray bought it.
2: And then, yeah, we sold it. We sold it to Buna Murray. Yes. And uh, I was a full-time blogger for a year. Right. And then I left.
0: Right. Because they bought it full out. They didn't give me a no percentage. everything
2: or... out. I got, yeah, I got a nice little payout. Yeah. I, I worked for them. And then, and then when my, my term was over, I had the option to renew, but I decided to focus on my screenwriting mm-hmm. I started up a new, like smaller blog. And mm-hmm. that's what I did.
0: And um and is it still around T V Gasm? They
2: shut down T V Gasm a year ago. So mm-hmm. it only made nine years. It had the same trajectory as Television Without Pity.
0: Yeah, which just folded. Which yes. Also
2: was bought out bought out about a year after us and, and shuttered about a year after us.
0: Right, right. And so and so and then you became a screenwriter. Yes. And then um a, a, a t- blogger, head and a, a talking head,
2: and podcaster,
0: and and you have the most delightful two podcasts. Thank you. They really are. Thank you. Watch what crappens. Watch
2: what crappens, which is all about Bravo. It's just like you know, I, I'm on there with my friend Ronnie, and we just you know eviscerate all these housewives and whoever else, the doctors of doctors' wives, married to medicine. I
0: can't believe that show is still on.
2: It's still on.
0: That's it's amazing. still on,
2: yeah. And so, yeah, that one does very nicely. And then the, my other one, which you appeared—actually, you appeared on both.
0: I've been on both.
2: But you most recently appeared on the Banter Blender, which yeah. is just a—it's po- just a pop culture podcast. It's got no real hook,
0: R- right? Just right. Fun. It's not. It didn't even seem to be that pop. It was pop culture and whatever else we felt like talking. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, you know, that's why it's a little bit of a smaller podcast because it doesn't have really a hook to it. But right. I feel like if people listen to it, they would enjoy it, and it's like a good way to spend thirty minutes of your time.
0: I certainly thought it was a good right? way. Yeah. I may plug it. <laughs> yeah. You are here to plug. And you are here to talk about your secret.
2: My secret, yes. So. Yes.
0: Why don't you tell our audience well, what your secret was? I think we sort secret, of which danced been, around it. We've,
2: we've danced around it, which is that I actually did have a crush it. No, that's not. <laughs> no, the secret was that I was gay. Yeah. I am gay.
1: Right, right, I'm right. I'm not like a
2: reformed gay. <laughs> uh, I was in the closet yeah. for many years. Yeah. Many, many years, including when I first met you. Yeah. Um until I came out when I was thirty.
0: Yeah. So which is late. It's
2: a late bloomer for some for some people. Yeah. yeah. For or I guess yeah, you know, especially these days. Kids seem to be coming out of the closet. Like 18, yeah. Even yeah. younger. It's 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 crazy, but I guess good, but crazy at the same time. Right, right. So yeah, that was my big secret that I harbored.
0: And so talk to me about that. So when did you first realize you were gay?
2: I you know, I don't have a specific date. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember when the Challenger exploded. I also had a reason. <laughs> I <some laughs> was attracted to it with those.
0: May third, 1976. But it was,
2: I think as a kid, I was always, I was always interested in guys. Like I right. always sort of, you know, liked guys, had a crush. But you don't really, you don't really know how to express that, or you don't even understand necessarily. But you, you know that you're attracted to them. But you're also, oddly enough, sort of attracted to women too. I found okay. But I, I don't know, like, like if, if I saw a movie, I remember seeing Beverly Hills Cop 2 in the theaters. Uh-huh. And there was a scene where the women were topless at the strip club. And it's like, ooh, wow, and you're like so excited. Or I remember my friend, uh, he showed me his dad's Playboys. And I was like, so cool, you know? But I wonder if that's just the excitement of the taboo.
0: Yeah, and that it was accepted, it was like you were conditioned to think that was exciting. Exactly.
2: You know? And like, I, you know, in middle school, I definitely had some crushes on girls, and even in high school. But I, again, I, I wonder if the crush was more, I had a crush on the idea of being with someone right? than me being actually sexually attracted to them. I don't think I ever had like, when I had crushes on girls, I never was thinking about like...
1: Having sex with them.
2: Having sex and like wanting to make, like kiss them or <laughs> do anything with them or touch right. them. It was more like, oh my God, like... I want her to be my girlfriend. It was like an obsession.
1: Right, not right. Not an obsession.
2: I wasn't crazy like that.
1: Right, right,
2: right. Except for maybe like one girl. I was Really? Well, I didn't really know. I didn't have any game. I remember one time this girl, Erica Peterson. Mm-hmm. Erica, if you're out there, hi. So
0: sorry, But Erica, I remember I would like call her
2: over and over and over again, like her answering machine or whatever. Yeah. But it was like, again, it wasn't a sexual thing. It's just more like, I've decided this is the one that I would like to have a crush on and I'm right. going to see it through.
0: But I also think... Oh, we're in <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, I also think that that is what crushes at that age... Well, I don't know how old you are with Erica, but...
2: Uh, I think I was um, a junior in high school.
0: I mean, in a way. I mean, that's what crushes were like for me. Yeah. I had no awareness about my sexuality. It right. was just... You know, it was all sort of almost social. It was... Absolutely. That's who I want to be, my boyfriend, and we will go to parties together, and we exactly. will be on campus with our arms around each other.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think also there probably was an element of... If this is my girlfriend, then I will seem like more masculine, you mm-hmm. know. And the idea of that is like I want that, and and therefore that's why I was I was sort of like quote unquote crush mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on people, you know. But you know, now having now been out, I know what a real crush is like, you know. Right. In a sense, like you know, yeah. when you like really, you're like interested in someone, it's like a lot different.
0: So, and did you ever mess around with other little boys when you were really young?
2: No, never. Okay, you missed I, out on that, huh? I, I really did.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, those... even straight guys I know talk about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, like the, the the most I remember is like a sleepover, like getting like naked with someone, mm-hmm. which sounds like so crazy, but like I don't. It wasn't like it was not like sexual at all. It was mm-hmm. like I think I think that like kids do, like they're like, oh, let me see yours. I'll show you mine. It's like that weird right. like like. When you're 13 or whatever, 12 or something, and you're right. like just, you know, going through puberty and things are all exotic. You're just right. like, like, I'll show yours, you show me mine. Right. But it's definitely not sexual at all.
0: And so and so then you went to college, you went to yeah. Dartmouth, yeah. and what happened in terms of your sexuality there?
2: Um, I think that's when um, I, I think I started, to, that's when like, I think when the compartmentalizing process began in earnest. Because, um, I wasn't, obviously I was not ready to deal with it, but that was also the first time I, um, had access to internet porn. Okay, interesting. (laughs)
1: Okay.
2: And so, um, yeah, that's, you know, I I never acted on anything. Okay. Um, uh, I didn't, yeah, I I don't know. It, It was definitely... in in certain ways is when I started to explore it more because I started to look at porn for Mm -hmm. the first time. So
0: what happened? So you, you, you understood that porn was something that was accessible online.
2: Yeah. And you know, you go look it up
0: and you go and look it up and you said, I'm going to look for man on man. Was it a conscious? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I don't think, I don't even remember what my early search terms were. It was probably something basic like penis, you know? Right, right, Um, gay is probably something I searched. And then you sort of wind up, you sort of Wander onto these sites, and back then, you know, there weren't as many options. There, You know, you sort of, you sort of, you, uh, you sort of just find the porn, you know, the way anyone does.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so, did you feel shame about the fact that it was not straight porn?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, first of all, there's like that shame of just looking at porn in general. You sort yeah. of feel like, oh my god, I should I'm be looking those. at porn. Right. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think, think there was that, but there was also, again, it was you become very compartmentalized. I think what, what people who haven't gone through the process of being in the closet is that your brain, your logic goes out the window in the way you sort of deal with things. You know, there was like the time when you look at porn, mm-hmm. and then when you're not doing that, you're like maintaining this facade that you're straight and that you mm-hmm. care about girls, and it's like, and you actually believe it. It's, it's weird. You sort right. of believe it, and in the back of your head, you know you don't, but like, you sort of feel like you can convince yourself. And at the end of the day, you go home and you look at the porn. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't
0: know that that's true for everybody. Yeah. You know, but that was your I experience. It, I think
2: what's true for everybody though is that your brain is not you're you're you don't you're not seeing clearly. You're you're thinking you have almost a strange narcissistic thing that maybe I think everyone is thinking something about you. You know, mm-hmm. um, like he's gay, he's like whatever. You have to maintain a front mm-hmm. at all times, and um, I think that sort of warps your perception of what's normal a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have some... Ki- you know, what, I mean, you have these kids who are like committing suicide or depressed or whatever, and you have people saying, listen, it gets better, it gets better. And to us, it's like, why don't they, you know, I wish they could just see that it gets better. Right. But when you're in that state, you know, you just... You you don't... I was never someone that was like, no one understands me, but it, but you just don't... Logic does not have the same form. Right. You know?
0: Well, I wonder how similar it is in a way to... You know the secrecy and shame and denial around being an addict where maybe i have no idea and i don't mean to undermine no absolutely you know, not yeah but the, just this idea that you so you know but you really think you can change it and you really are living this facade of someone who is normal when they right. when it comes to drinking
2: well yeah i mean in certain ways there are parallels in my experience because there were times i thought to myself am i addicted to porn you know because right. it's like uh you, know, you you know, you're looking at the porn and, and like, maybe you might be like, oh, like, I'm going to be late for class or something right, like that. You yeah, know, it's, right, sort of, it's right. starting to, like, it impedes your life a little bit, you Right, know?
0: and unmanageability is, like, one of the major right. sort of signs of addiction. Exactly. So, okay, and so, and so that would happen. And also, I think uh, one of the similarities is sort of what people will say is, you know, the sort of... Uh, you know, bringing, you know, being gay out of the closet and normalizing and teaching the world that there's nothing wrong with it is sort of the same. You know, they sort of say the addiction movement sort of is following that. Right. In terms of education to the masses.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, you, are you talking about just in terms of like when you do come out of the closet, how you behave? Is,
0: well, it's yeah. a sissis. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm like, can't speak anymore. It's a sissis.
2: This is for kids. the Greek.
0: Oh, my God. It's a
1: societal, societal.
0: thing right. where, you you know, where it's just, you know, it, it then takes the shame out for people who are in their absolutely. formative years. yeah, um, absolutely. And and just showing people who don't understand, who don't have these issues, like, as you said, it's impossible to know unless you've gone through it.
2: Exactly. Although it's interesting because I, I don't feel like I take any overt... Um, measures to be like that (laughs) to 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 act in a way that's like hey kids like it'll be okay um do you
0: feel like you should uh
2: i think maybe uh theoretically like ideally in life it's always good to be a role model but i just i I think i'm pretty selfish and i just sort of i'm just trying to do do my own thing i guess in certain ways i do because on my on watcher crappens i host that with ronnie who's also gay it's Mm -hmm. two gay guys
0: oh what happened to the third guy he's gone
2: yeah, he's just too busy with yeah. work. But sometimes he would come on. He's yeah. gay also. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about these Bravo shows, and they have on things like Fashion Queens, you know, two super flamboyantly gay black guys, you know, talking in borderline gibberish and, like, sort of gay gibberish about about fashion and things like that. And, you know, Ryan and I always say that these are, like, the worst gays. You know, these are the worst gays because it makes people think that all gay guys are this, like, crazy flamboyant, right. you know... um, ridiculous stereotypes. Right. And so on the one hand, you want to say, listen, everyone should just be who they are. If they want to be like this, that's totally fine and it's great. Embrace it. And, great, and and it's great that they can be who they want to be. But on the other hand, you know, you know, I also, uh, I, I want people to realize that gay, gay people are sort of like normal members of society too. And so when we talk about that on the podcast, there's sort of that element of, of teaching people about sort of, you know, there's no shame in being gay and you're just, you're just normal, you just like guys instead well, of...
0: And what if your act of selflessness is to be out and to talk about it without yes. any weirdness or shame and that that, that example alone
2: is yeah. enough? Yeah, and that was tricky. I mean, I, I still am getting used to it. This is probably the most I've actually gone on the yeah, record I did, about that's gayness.
0: That's why I was, you know, I didn't know if you would be up for this. No, I
2: mean, I'm definitely at a point in my life where I'm, I mean, I've had enough conversations like this with people mm-hmm. at parties or wherever that, you know, I'm, I'm fine to talk about it, but you know, at first for me, especially being like a semi-quasi public figure, which I know I'm definitely not, but, You're like, in SAG. <laughs> but I, I am in SAG, so... <laughs> Um, you know, it was a little weird. I remember for the first time I came out on my blog, I sort of casually mentioned that I thought someone was attractive
1: mm-hmm. in, a,
2: in a in a post, and everyone was writing in the comments like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" It was still sort of weird for me to post things that were sort of aver- overtly gay on my Facebook page. It still is a little bit for me. I don't know why.
0: Right, right.
2: I just don't want people to think like. I'm just some flaming queen. <laughs>
0: you're, and, you know, you're not at all. And maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't use such terminology. I
2: know. I know. Exactly. And that's and that's some of the hurtful stuff that you have to sort of get used to. I mean, that's something that I think all minority groups deal with, which mm-hmm. is on the one hand, like, I don't use the F word, like mm-hmm. the the three letter F word. Mm-hmm, gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, you know, using the word queen is, is interesting because on the one hand, you know, it's, I guess context is everything. You know. If, if a straight guy were to say, like, oh, shut up, you stupid queen, you know, it's like, oh, how dare he? But then at the same time, there's a part of me, I can't lie, that sort of feels like there's certain sort of guys that I almost don't feel like it's necessarily, necessarily
0: a... Criticism. A criticism. It's just, it's just simply, like the, that,
2: that, that style of, of gay guy.
0: It's interesting because when I, there was a guy that I knew who I wasn't quite friends with because he was a little nuts... And he, he was very gay. Yeah. And I remember a bunch of us went to play miniature golf one night, and I had heard him call himself a queen. Yeah. And I jokingly said that, and he got so angry. Yeah. And I get it, because yeah. it's sort of a little bit like, you know, I can complain, this is not the same thing, but I can complain about my mom, but if you say my mom is awful, I exactly. want to hate you. Um, you know, I'm allowed, he's allowed to describe himself that way, but...
2: Yeah, I shouldn't. exactly, and I think there are a lot of identity issues within the gay community about, like, is the, is the role, not the role of the gay community, but is the, is the, do we want acceptance for who we are, and we can be flamboyant and crazy? Or do we want to show people, hey, we are normal. We're right. just like you. Is it about fitting in or is it about celebrating the difference? And it's really a mixture of both of those things. And it's that there's a weird tension there. I tend to think that the well-adjusted people, like, no offense to mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. I think the well-adjusted people could hear me say, I don't want people to think I'm some flaming queen. And they understand the context of that and they know it's not pejorative. But right. then again, at the same time, I guess if someone takes offense to that, who might have, I, I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, get over it, you know? Right,
0: right. Um, so when did you first, uh, hook up with a guy?
2: Uh, I was 29.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you actually took quick... Quick action, once you know.
2: Once, yeah, it was, in, you know, in you terms know, of
0: telling the world.
2: Once I start something, I, I finish it. No, um, it, I, I, in my twenties, I had basically no love life. I was mm-hmm. basically a, basically a eunuch. I was an asexual eunuch,
0: right? More or less, a, t- a tenure vow of I think, disease. yeah,
2: I think I like made out with like one or two girls, okay. and it was like such a horrifying experience it for me. Was... And nerv- I was like nervous, right?
1: Because
2: again, like you, here's the way my brain worked. I, they're gonna realize that I'm not into this, and they're going to realize that I'm gay. And then they're going to tell everyone. Right. That's, every time I met up with a girl, that's pretty much where my brain would go. Which Right. Is, I don't think that's what would happen, necessarily. Maybe. No! Yeah. No. <laughs> but that's what I thought. Right. Um, so I think in my 20s, I had sort of like uh, increasing flirtations with guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think around two th- right around when I met you... I started like uh, chatting with a guy online mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. like IMing with him. But it, but like he, I mean, he could tell I was gay. But I was like, no, but I'm not gay. I'm just whatever. I'm.
0: What do you mean? How did you start chatting with him? I don't
2: remember. I don't remember. Oh, you know what it was? It's was Friendster.
0: Okay. Yeah. He like,
2: he saw me look at his profile. I looked at his profile, and then he'd be up and he'd give me his email. This next email, and then we were like chatting on Yahoo or whatever. And, okay. You know, it would get like sort of hot and heavy, and I'd always act. He would get hot and heavy, and I'd so be like, So what did he say? Oh, he would talk about like the things he wanted to do to me, right. and, you know, things like, that. he's like, I want you to come over and he's like, I'm going to go down on you, blah, 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 blah. And it was right. like, like, it was very exciting for me, right. but it was like scary. And I was like, this is getting too close to the truth, you know?
1: Right.
2: So I would sometimes go for like months, i just like not talk to him because I'd be like, he got like too close. Yeah. Yeah. He'd, like I almost, he almost got me coming yeah. out of the closet there. Right. You know?
0: So and, you knew you were gay then?
2: You know, but you just aren't willing to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably what you were talking about with addiction, Mm -hmm. when probably at a certain point you realize you're addicted, but you just are not there yet, right?
1: Well,
0: and then denial kicks in constantly, probably more than in your situation, which is, oh, no, 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 you can handle it, because you do something that shows you can handle it.
2: Yeah, there is some of that. There is like this... Weird thing where you think you think you could sort of turn it around, even though you sort of know, like you just know you can't. Right. Like you, like you absolutely know because you know it's it's like it's been in you since you're younger. Like why would and, and you laugh at at these organizations that say they can turn gay people straight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. Um, so there is denial, but yeah, there were some flirtations. There was a waiter at Joey's Cafe. Remember, you know Joey's I Cafe.
0: Remember, I used to live right down the street. Of course, yeah. neighbors. Yeah.
2: There was a waiter named Asaf. Uh-huh. Do, do you remember Asaf? I
0: don't. I, but they were all very nice there.
2: It's so funny. I was just telling this story yesterday. Uh, Asaf the waiter, He um, he... Joey's used to deliver, and he came and delivered in the hallway in my office. I worked at the lot on Formosa. Mm-hmm. This beautiful Israeli man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he, like, I think he I think he made an excuse to come over into my office. Mm-hmm. And then we started chatting, and then I kept on ordering from him lunch, mm-hmm. and he would come over, and we were, like, very flirtatious, and I'd go to Joey's, and I'd sit at the counter. Mm-hmm. And I had such a crush on this guy. And then one day, he, like, casually mentioned that he had a boyfriend, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. And then, I, and then I was like, you know what, Ben? Like, you shouldn't be flirting with him anyway. This is ridiculous. Like, you're, you're no, like, don't flirt with the guys. You shouldn't be flirting with guys. And then I kind of just stopped, you know, ordering from Asaf and going, you know, sitting at the counter and seeing him and this tragic one who, Asaf, the one who got away. <laughs> Funnily enough, after I came out of the closet, I think about a year ago, uh, I, I somehow found him on Facebook.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And so I sent him a message. I was like, hey, you know, I used to be a waiter. Joey says to come in. I just want to say hi. see how you're doing. He read it. He never wrote back.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Possibly it was too tempting because he's still in that relationship. (laughs) And he (laughs) said, I shouldn't be flirting.
2: Maybe. You know, and one time, actually, I was at The Standard, maybe Mm -hmm. even with you, Uh and Asaf was there with, I think, his boyfriend. Okay. And... If I may be catty, which, by the way, being out of the closet gives me the license to be very catty so at times. Was, his
0: boyfriend didn't... His boyfriend
2: me. was ugly. Okay.
0: <laughs> you think he was there. So, and so you were... The, remember you would come... My friend Vanessa would be there? Yes. So would you... Here we're all chatting and having fun and you're sort of looking in the corner of your eye and Oh, you're yeah, seeing... that was
2: all the time. That was my life. Right. Like having to sort of like check out guys.
0: Like Surreptitiously. No, yeah,
2: very surreptitiously. Now I just crane my head. I'm terrible.
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good, good, my
2: friends make fun of me for that. I don't know. I can't you know when you have all those years in the closet, I think you're I think you're entitled to a few head cranes,
0: yeah, making it for lost time,
2: yeah, men do it to women all the time. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do it?
0: Mm-hmm. um so okay, and so you at twenty nine what happened?
2: Friendster again Okay. <laughs> font of closeted gay activity for me,
0: <laughs> but that was where other people were you know, I met a I got a couple guys yeah, out of
2: that. Uh, uh, it was two thousand nine. Friendster was more or less on the way out, and uh, but it was the same situation where where, uh, I, this guy looked at my profile and I looked at his. We started messaging, and I don't know. I was feeling he gave me his phone number, and I was feeling emboldened. Each one of these situations, the Saf, the guy that I, I amed with, there was not, uh, another like one or two people I think that there was like heavy flirtations with. Mm-hmm. Each one emboldened me like a little bit more, and same also being older. So I remember I called the guy mm-hmm. and then we had a whole conversation and then we agreed to meet for coffee
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then when we were at coffee I then told him that like I wasn't out or anything mm-hmm. and he was like very fascinated and he was actually very sweet. He kind of like took me under his wing mm-hmm. and we kind of like dated okay. a little bit. We like dated and then we would like hook up for like three months.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was like my, it was, like the first guy I'd ever like kissed or anything.
0: And what was that like?
2: It was, it was surreal at first. It was weird. Mm-hmm. But it was cool. It was fun. It mm-hmm. was actually a lot of fun. Um, and then you know, it just sort of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Just the way... It was a summertime romance. Mm-hmm. It was very Grease. Mm-hmm. Very, very Grease <laughs> slash Lana movie. Del Rey. Yeah.
0: Well, that's summertime <laughs> sadness.
2: Well, it was... Yeah, exactly. There was actually no sadness about it.
1: Right.
2: It kind of fizzled out. And then I just sort of went on my merry way in life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I was focusing on... Writing. I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. then I turned 30, mm-hmm. um, not too long after, and in my 30, like when I was 30, there was another guy who I uh, started to hook up with. Mm-hmm. Um, friendster again? Not Friendster. Had you moved on to MySpace? Oh, okay. He's the one guy I've ever like hooked up with from the gym.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's really hot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. Good job, Ben. Um, uh, and so... And so uh, we started hooking up and everything and then that one that one ended because i think there were just some communication issues between us whatever not not a big deal and then it was at, at that point it was around may may or june mm-hmm. no I'm sorry. it was it was actually it was july in okay, fact okay good I just want to make sure everyone's up on the timeline they
0: need to know maybe they're writing a chart
2: they i hope they are <laughs> A flow chart uh, a visual chart so the guy the first guy
1: mm-hmm.
2: he randomly called me up or whatever and then he asked, so have you come out of the closet yet? And I was like, oh, no, I, I haven't. And it occurred to me, yeah, I guess I probably should do that. Mm-hmm. And um, the next week I was, I was slated to go to Seattle with two of, my, uh, two of my best friends. And I thought, you know, that'll be really a good time to do it. I think I can do it.
0: Did you have gay friends then? I did. Okay. I did
2: have gay friends. And, and also, my frat, because uh, I was a frat boy,
0: mm-hmm. my
2: frat had a lot of guys who came out of the closet. Later. Later, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, in fact, the frat has now actually become, like, the gay frat. I okay, know. okay. <laughs> Which is sort of funny. Was know.
0: anyone gay when you were there? Uh, there was,
2: there was like, one, I think, one openly gay guy when mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. in the frat. Um, but a few of my fraternity brothers who I was close with, they came out of the closet not too long after. So I had had close gay friends. hmm um and so one and one of them was with me in Seattle, okay, and one was like my best girlfriend, and um, I just decided you know i there's something about being- th- I just felt like I couldn't maintain this ruse anymore, right no girlfriends, how could I be thirty with no girlfriends, right not even like hookups like no one's seeing me go go home with girls, you know
1: right,
2: so I felt I couldn't. I just couldn't go on with this silliness, especially because with TV guys and, and then later with B-Side blog, my other blog, so much of my online persona is, is poking holes through the, the stupid stories that people have about themselves.
0: Interesting. It's,
2: it's, you know, here I am, you know, people on The Amazing Race, some guy comes on there and he's acting like he's straight. And I was always the first one to be like, oh, don't, don't, be, don't act like you're straight when you're gay and you know it could be things that were not about being gay but it's always about taking the piss out of people mm-hmm. how could i do that right. when i'm like so flagrantly you know lying to lying other people yeah exactly so i did it
0: and so you i remember you emailed right did you call me or email me i was part I, of it it was it was the first time somebody had ever included me in it you don't remember that
2: I I, was, I was, was not a, the a big
0: <laughs> person <laughs> it was like, how am I going to tell you I was like
2: listen I know you think that I'm in love with you
0: Yes. But. no but I, mean, I don't actually
2: it was after the first one the rest are just sort of like blurs
0: yeah yeah
2: what what did I do
0: I do you, don't remember <laughs> but I do remember being surprised yeah and and just going oh I would never have known that yeah How interesting. Some
2: people were surprised. Mm -hmm. And some people were like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty obvious.
0: Okay,
1: interesting. Um,
2: You know, because again, I I think, you know, this is sort of my persona right now, what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. If I'm around some of my other gay friends, I do become more feminine, I suppose. I'm not like, I'm not wearing lip gloss and air snapping necessarily. Right. But I might be like making more sort of gay sounding jokes. Well, well, yeah, because I
0: was on Watch for Crappens.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like
2: it's so gay on there. Yeah. And that's sort of like my Watcher Crappens persona, you know? Right. Like, I watch her crappens, I'm like, well, she's got a stupid weave, you know? <laughs> like, she's got her ugly ass weave, and blah blah, 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 you know? Right, right. But in general, though, I think on a day to day basis, this is sort of what I'm like, you know? Yeah.
0: And so, was it difficult to tell your parents?
2: Uh, it was very easy. Well, the, pr- the process was this. So, first I came out to my friends in Seattle, mm-hmm. they were very happy. Um, then I started to come out to so more of my closer friends. Uh, there, I came out to my uh, my one of my closest uh, straight friends. He was like, "Yeah, I've been waiting for you." He was like, "I I tried to set it up for you to come out to me." He's like, "He's like, I was talking to you about my friend who's having trouble coming out, and I was telling you about how." Like, I was always open, and that my friend shouldn't have any worries coming out. And he's like, I was just, like, waiting for you to say, oh, so by the way, I'm gay. And do you
0: remember that, when he was doing that?
2: I do remember that conversation, but I didn't. it didn't register to me at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, That's okay. That's so
0: interesting, your <laughs> I was, I was compartmentalization. Like, <laughs> I
2: wasn't even... I was like, oh, okay. Um, another one of my friends... This is the one of my favorite stories. One of my really close uh, straight friends. Uh, I, I, I went to Vito's Pizza with him, mm-hmm. and I said, just so you know, I, I am actually... I came out of the closet I'm gay he sort of like nodded his head and he goes oh he goes we well, are gonna need a better wardrobe <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's hilarious
2: so then I came out to my brother first mm-hmm. in terms of family and um, he was so excited He's, he felt like he always knew and mm-hmm. he was really 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 excited and he had actually had like a fight with his wife that day and he was like you know what this like solves everything and, and they like their fight was over because they're like it put everything in perspective like who the fuck cares you know right. like who cares about this fight? Ben came out the closet, such a happy thing, and mm-hmm. our things are so small, and they were really happy. And then, that was I think in late July, early August. I didn't come out to my parents until December mm-hmm. because I wanted to come out in person, and mm-hmm. I didn't really have any FaceTime before then. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at my brother's house, and I was sitting at a table with my parents and my brother, and I remember. I remember as I was gearing up, my brother sort of, like, winked at me, gave me, like, a little support, which is, like, one of those nice, big brotherly things. Mm -hmm. I I hope he's listening so he knows that I appreciated that moment. (laughs) You could also tell him. I I could tell him, too. (laughs) Why? Communicate directly
1: when you can
0: communicate through podcast. Well, because this
2: this way you could get another listen.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Helps.
2: Get the stats up. Yeah. Um, And then I told my parents, and my dad goes... Uh, are you still Jewish? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, that's all I care about. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was just like this very... Was he but...
0: joking or...
2: It, well, I think it was his way of saying, like, all I care about is that you're Jewish. Right,
0: right.
2: <laughs> he just wants... He just, you know, he wants him to still be Jewish, I guess. Right. So, So my parents didn't care. And my dad later said, and he said a few times, you know, he just, you know, he, he, they just want me to be happy. And, you know, he just felt bad that... Um, that I felt like I couldn't be myself for all those years, mm-hmm. and, and uh, sorry, I'm not choking up. It looked like I was joking up, but I'm not. Okay, okay, <laughs> that
0: would be fine. No,
2: um, it was like a very sweet moment, um, and you know they've been nothing but supportive. My dad's really cute because he finds he finds ways to sort of um, to kind of like bridge, to try, try to connect. And like one time, he he came into my bedroom and it was like, so Ben, I was just listening on NPR and they were talking about Lady Gaga and one person was saying that she's bad for the gays and one person was saying that she's good for the gays so I thought I'd come right to the source. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, Dad, yeah, she, I think she's good for the gays and I'm, I'm happy to speak on, on behalf of all, all gay gays. kind. That's so cute. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice.
0: And so how is your life different now that you have come out and you accept this and you're open about it?
2: Well, it's fantastic. I mean, um, it was amazing coming out of the closet. And, you, you know, you know intellectually it's going to be great. And I knew all that time when I was in the closet, as soon as I come out, like, everything will be great. Everything will be better. But you just, you know, yeah. Yeah. for me, it was the fear of not of rejection from friends or family because I knew I had really good friends and family.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: was uh, more that everything would be different because it would, it would be different. You know, it's an irreversible statement to make. And, you know, I I was happy. I was actually more or less happy in my 20s. And I didn't... I just didn't want to... Didn't want to shake the boat. Rock the boat. By the way,
0: I did a story once for details on men who come out and then realize they're not gay and come back in. (laughs) That's a true... That's a true...
2: I, I mean, I know it's a thing that happens. I really don't believe that they...
0: Yeah, you know. I will tell you that I met a guy who did a he did a play a one man show called retrosexual mm-hmm. and so I thought, oh, this is such a great story. Oh, and then I know a guy who uh, has had gay experiences and and you know called himself gay for years and is now married with a kid. Yeah, but doesn't do it in that way. That's he's still open about it.
2: Yeah, and, I, mean, I could see that. I, I actually. You know, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine being, like, gay for pay, like, if you're a porn star, or people right. who just, like, dabble in gay experiences, um, and then not being gay. That's actually a little hard for me to understand, but I, but I, in certain cases, I do sort of get it,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know? I think there's sometimes when it's, like, if you've had gay sex and you've been in a gay relationship, like, I feel like, you know, at, at the very least, you can go back to being bisexual, but you can't say that you're not gay. You know what I'm right.
0: saying? Right. Yeah. I, I, I
2: just feel that way. I, I just, it's, it's hard for me to imagine. You know and there's like this very PC part of me like I I don't understand also people who want to change their gender like I just don't understand it because like I don't have that experience I respect it I would never tell some I'm never be like you're wrong you're bad whatever but I don't understand it at all and and, you know
0: I just so interesting I heard on NPR this morning they were talking about how many transgender Uh, People are in the military and because it's a really high number and that the main reason uh, that they found was that They were trying to deny their truth by doing the most masculine thing they could think of male to female.
2: That's very interesting Yeah, Yeah. and then
0: they got there and realized there's no denying.
2: Yeah, but to get back to your question about how my life was different um, So coming out of the closet the first thing is you know, it feels great to suddenly just be truly be yourself I mean Mm Uh, I don't know what it's like with addiction. I don't know if you have that feeling of, you know, the moment that you sort of decide, realize to yourself that you are an addict and you need help. I don't know if you have a moment of like, ah, or if it's just like,
1: okay. Oh,
0: God, no. Yeah, I, I would say, I don't think, think you just have that. Moment. I think yeah. people, people like usually. Well, you no, know, it's like a turning point for a lot of the people I know. Should I kill myself or should I deal with this?
2: Yeah. And so I think this is where probably addiction and being gay are very different because, you know, it's like you announce it and then all of a sudden there really is a weight that's off you. It's a surreal weight. The next morning I was like, did I say that? This secret that I've held for 30 years, 30 year old secret that has like informed and and shaped my entire life. Have I just suddenly like let it out? Right. You know, and that's very surreal. But then, you you know, you get used to it and um, it's excellent. And... The, the best part is not finally being able to like, you know, make out with guys or see guys naked, which is, you know, obviously a, a perk, <laughs> a perk. <laughs> but what I always tell people that the very best part for me is that the friendships that I have made, gay, straight, male, female, since I've come out of the closet, have been so much stronger and so much better mm-hmm. because I have been able to deliver people an authentic version of me.
1: Mm-hmm. Not
2: trying to sound all new agey, but mm-hmm. but what people see is what they like, is what they get. There's no front. There's no fakery. Mm-hmm. And you know what? People can tell that. You know, I would always wonder in my twenties, like, I would I would go to the standard. Let's just go back to the standard. Let's go because back. <laughs> it was
0: gr- those were great days for me. I didn't know you had this secret torment.
2: Yeah, secret torment. I remember going there, and there'd be like a crew of people there, mm-hmm. and they sort of just seemed like cool people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, they had like the cool. Cool look. Mm-hmm. You could tell they go to like bars and clubs that are cool. Okay. They go to cool parties in the hills. Like right. they're just connected, fun, cool people that all, you know, they just have adventures. Okay. They're the cool kids. Okay. Cool kids of Hollywood. I would see them and I'd be like, why couldn't I ever be part of them? Mm-hmm. You know? And like, and that's something that plagued a lot of my life. I was never, I never truly felt like I was in the cool clique. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, in high school I was sort of in the cool clique mm-hmm. a little bit, but, I, you know, I never was, I was always sort of an, on the outside,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I think it's because you know when you present yourself like a fake version of yourself, people don't know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. there's some people who can see through it, like you,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: just sort of can see me for who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, although you did not totally see me for who I am because you thought I was in love with you. <laughs> it's true. It's true.
0: By the way, a crush is not the same thing. I did not think you were in love with me. Let's clarify that for the record. Okay.
2: <laughs> Um, uh, she thought I had a shrine to her yes Um, no but but you know what I'm saying Um, you know so I did have friends I had a nice amount of friends but if I threw a party it's like why wouldn't why would I have such a small yield at my parties like it wasn't like a high priority for people to come to my parties Mm -hmm. and why like why was I did I sometimes feel like even amongst my friends, sometimes I wasn't invited to things, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's because I was not presenting a real version of myself.
0: It's interesting.
2: I was presenting this pseudo-straight thing, not re- like ostensibly straight, but doesn't really like fit in with the other straight guys necessarily, mm-hmm. and doesn't sort of seems maybe a little maybe there's some gay element, but doesn't really fit in with the girls or the other gay guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then coming out of the closet, I was able to really be myself. People knew exactly who I was, what I'm wa- what what i all about, mm-hmm. and it's been great. I have been included, mm-hmm. you know? I have friends who are the cool kids in Hollywood now. Like, it's just...
1: Good for you. I really... I really who are they?
2: <laughs> they're, well, you know. Well, you. Know. It's Anna David, yes, first of all. Yes, of course. But you know what I'm saying? It's the, the people that I meet, this is going to sound totally narcissistic and, and like cocky or whatever, but I feel like they really like me. Mm-hmm. They meet me and they like me, mm-hmm. and they want to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just being me. I'm just doing me. Right,
1: right, right.
0: (laughs) And um, that's great.
2: It feels great. It's really, really nice, you know?
0: So what advice would you give somebody struggling with any sort of secret? Well... it's big.
2: A big that... A a secret that's big that... If it's your own personal secret, not like someone else's secret. Mm -hmm. Like If it's someone else's secret, it's probably not your right to tell. If it's something that I think you're harboring inside... I mean, I do think earlier that the sooner you can get it out, the better, because it's the the sooner you can move on with your life and start really living your life properly. Mm -hmm. But that being said, you know, you got to do it at your own time. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready till I was 30, Mm -hmm. you know, do I wish I'd come out when I was like 20, 22? I don't know. Because on the one hand, yeah, it would have been nice to have had, you know, like my dating experience to be more in line with what like the standard you right. know, timeline of people's dating experiences have been and to, to have like a wacky gay 20s. Mm-hmm. But that could have had a lot of downsides too. I might, you know, when you're younger, I might not have dealt with it.
0: Yeah. In such a Especially if you weren't way. ready. You could have, you know, had yeah. embarrassment or shame or whatever. Yeah, How and it's...
2: who knows? I, I might have been a prolonged drama and who knows what kind of trouble I would have gotten into. Right. So I don't know. But I do think if you can, you know, maybe, maybe try to come out if you're get, if you're if you're in the closet, try to come out a little earlier if you can. Right. It's, it's just more time you have to right. really be yourself. Not not for anything else, you know. Yeah. But do it when but do it when you want to when you want to do it.
0: Yeah. So he's giving contradictory advice. No, I'm kidding. No,
2: no. I, I'm, I'm, it's more like don't feel bad if you're not ready to do it. But if you but if you can do it earlier, do it earlier. You know, because it, it will only benefit you.
0: Um, well, Ben, I feel like that's a great moment to wrap up.
2: Oh my God, this was so fast. I know. <laughs> Time and I, flies when you're talking about yourself. And
0: I know that I had, um, I had been like, oh, it's going to take forever. But, but the truth is once, if I get it done, we get it done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well.
0: Anything yeah. else to tell my listeners?
2: Um, I guess it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, it does actually. It really does get better.
0: I wonder if there are people who are in the closet who listen <laughs> to this and are like, they the think their audience. problem is addiction, but really it's not.
2: Um, be nice to your gay friends. Mm-hmm. Um, support gay marriage. I don't know. I'm being all of a sudden owl activist. I'm not yeah, even yeah, like right. this in normal right, life. Right. right, right. Um, I don't march. know. <laughs> yeah, march. Put a rainbow flag outside. No, I think, um, you know what I would say actually? Here's a piece of advice I give people who. Uh, who are dealing with someone who who might be gay? In my experience, don't put them on the uh, don't don't put them on the uh, not the defensive uh, whatever. Don't say, "Hey, are you gay?" Right. Please don't do that because you know whenever people would do that to me, it was the most harrowing thing right. because it meant either they could tell I was
1: lying, they could tell
2: I was gay, which meant that my front wasn't good enough. Right. Or, I don't know, like, it just, it, it would just do such a mind fuck.
0: Well, and it's like, when I used to smoke cigarettes, and I would go in to buy cigarettes, and every now and then, the person selling me the cigarettes would say something. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't smoke, and I wanted to kill them. Yeah. Because it's... Uh, you know, I didn't ask for your input.
2: Yeah, exactly. It, it's, I already
0: feel bad about this.
2: Yeah, it's like, it's like if, if I were gay, like, am I going to come out to you now at, the, at this moment? Like, don't try to get to the bottom of it. Like, right. there, there are a lot of people, there are actually a lot of girls who do this a lot. Interesting. Who are like, just, you know, are you gay? Are you gay? And it's like, it, it's really awkward because you don't want to lie. But at the same time, it's like, it, it, it's it really makes you feel like, I'm doing a bad job. I have to... I have to be more masculine. I have to look. I have to. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm. You know, this. It's just a terrible position to be put in. And um, you may think that you. And some some people may think that they're actually helping the person, mm-hmm. giving them a chance to come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. But in my case, it always made me felt feel very defensive, and that I wanted to climb deeper in.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I don't
2: know if it's like that for everyone. Some people have stories that they come out because someone said, "Hey, are you gay?" and they said, "Yeah."
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's the same way with addiction. Some people get sober because an intervention happens, um, and sometimes it's yeah. much better for them to come to it on their own.
2: Yeah, and, you know, imagine if someone is not gay. If someone's not gay and you say that to them, you could actually kind of make them feel very self-conscious. I mean, the right. PC thing is that they shouldn't feel self-conscious about being gay because we're all human. Right. But the reality is, for some people, like that's like a real affront to their masculinity. Or femininity, right? And um, that could be like really offensive to them, and and so worst. One, in one case, you're either insulting someone, and in the other case, you're making someone feel paranoid. Or confronting somebody, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I guess people should um, operate under the same philosophy about asking someone if they're pregnant.
2: Yes, thank you. That's you a great know, thing. if
0: you you can steal this as your go-to line whenever yeah. you're interviewed about this in the future. Yes, but but I mean, that's something that if you're not sure, Jonah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Person hasn't told you, don't ask. Yeah. And again, that's probably a really good philosophy for addiction too. Mm-hmm. Are you an alcoholic? You know, not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, that's
2: a, yeah. I think that's great. That's, that's a great way to go about it.
0: Okay, good.
2: That's my advice.
0: Ben, what a delight. You are an eternal de- delight. Gay, <laughs> straight. <laughs> uh, in you. SAG, not in SAG. I enjoy <laughs> you so much.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Was he not a delight? Did you not learn? A lot about him and about coming out late in life. I hope you did. I hope you like him. I hope you check out B-Side blog and his several podcasts, which are also funny. And I'll see you next week.